It's wonderful to be giving the shir at the home of my daughter and my son-in-law, Olivia and Jared. Jared is a very regular member of our Matmonim following, and to, to have a group of people here this morning who are also part of the Matmonim following. On Daf Yudalad Amud Aleph, at the very bottom of 14a, uh, we have the case of Bishani Dirabi Yehuda Nesia Havitzara. There was a difficult period of time during the years of Rabbi Yehuda Nasiya, Rabbi Yehuda, the leader of the community, the Nasiya. Uh, this isn't referring to Rabbi Yehuda Hanasi, who was the end of the third century. Uh, this is dealing much later. Rabbi Yehuda Nasi had a grandson who was also called Rabbi Yehuda Nasiya, and he had a uh, the grandson had a grandson, so that's a great great grandson who was also called Rabbi Yehuda Nasiya. Um, and it doesn't really matter which one it was and who it was. Uh, that's not what's important. The, the, the historical elements of it are not important, nor is it important to know what was the tsara, what was the, uh, the difficulty, the problems um, that occurred during that time, for which gazat latis reta aniyot, for which he decreed 13 fasts. Again, not all that important to know. What is important for us is there's a conversation between Rabbi Yehuda Nesiyah and Rabbi Ami. And that conversation is important because we'll be able to learn a whole lot um, from what that conversation contains, um, particularly from the rather strange viewpoint of Rabbi Ami, as we'll see. Anyway, Rabbi Yehuda Nesiyah declares these 13 fasts, Veloi Ani, and he's not answered. The problem doesn't go away. So he wanted to make some more fasts. Amale Rabbi Ami, Rabbi Ami intervenes and says to Rabbi Yehuda Nesiyah, so we see that Rabbi Yehuda Nesiyah is at the time of Rabbi Ami. And again, it doesn't matter exactly which Rabbi Yehuda Nesiyah it was, was probably the latest one, the great-great-grandson of Rabbi Yehuda Nesiyah, um, uh, which is what is uh, suggested by the sefer of a wonderful researcher, Rabbi uh, R- R- Aaron Hyman, who was a Talmud of the Nitziv, and, and um, he wrote a sefer called Toldota Tanaim and Moraim, the history of Tanaim and Moraim. He later became an important rov in London and founded the Yeshiva of Eitzchayim, which is the yeshiva where my great uncle, Rebbe Yelopian, was the Rosh Yeshiva for a period in the 30s and the 40s and, um, and 50s, probably early 50s, and uh, and where my father studied for for a while. Anyway, Rabbi Aaron Hyman says very clearly, this must be the, the latest of the Rabbi Yehuda and the Siyaz, who was at the time of Rabbi Ami. Rabbi Ami says to him, Why are you making more than 13 fasts? We've established that it's unwise to put such a pressure onto the community. Rabbi Abba comments, this is Rabbi Abba who is the son of Rabbi Chia Bar Abba. So he's clearly named after his grand, grandfather, we don't know a whole lot about Rabbi Abba, but we do know a lot about Rabbi Chia Bar Abba. Rabbi Chia Bar Abba was a Talmud of Rabbi Yochanan, the great Rabbi Yochanan, um, and so was Rabbi Ami. So these were two Talmudim. Rabbi Ami, who says to Rabbi Yehuda Nesiyah, don't add more than 13 fasts, is a student of Rabbi Yochanan. And Rabbi Abba, bred Rabbi Chia Bar Abba, intervenes and says, Rabbi Ami de Avad, this um, psak of Rabbi Ami, that you shouldn't have more than 13 fasts, he did this off his own bat. Because my father, Rabbi Chia Bar Abba, said in the name of his teacher, of his Rabbi, Rabbi Yochanan, who was also the Rabbi of Rabbi Ami, this principle that you don't make more than 13 fasts, 
That's specifically for drought. But if there are other difficulties for which you're declaring droughts, you continue to fast week after week, month after month, until Hashem answers you. There's also a brysa that is so authoritative that brings the same view. When they decreed three fasts, followed by seven fasts, followed by another three fasts, that's specifically about rain. But for other suffering, you continue fasting until you're answered. So this clearly is a problem for Rabbi Ami. Rabbi Ahmed challenged Rabbi Yehuda Nisiyah and said, don't make more than 13 fasts. He says the Gemara, but we've got a proof uh, from a Brisa, as well as the view of Rabbi Yochanan, that this restriction of not making more than 13 fasts is specific to fasts instituted to deal with a drought. But the problem that Rabbi Yehuda Nisiyah was was uh, concerned about and for which he instituted the fasts was not a drought, it was something else. We don't know what it is and it doesn't really matter whether it was some economic problem or it was a social problem, or it was anti-Semitism, uh, or there was a plague. It, it doesn't really matter what it was because what's important here is this conversation. Answers the Gemara, Amal Rabbi Ami, no Rabbi Ami could answer you. Don't worry about the fact that there's a brysa. Uh, Tanoihi, there are two different views, two different Tanaic views. Because the brysa says, we're not allowed to make more than 13 fasts for the community. Because, explains Rebbe, you don't impose too much trouble onto the community. Rabbi Shimon Gamliel says, no, that's not the reason you can't have more than 13 fasts. So after 13 fasts, it's already the end of the winter. By the time you start fasting and then there are 13 fasts, by that time, the rain period, the window for rain has passed, and you don't want rain to come in the spring and in the winter. And so you don't add any more fasts. But clearly implying, according to Rabbi Shimon ben Gamliel, that for other reasons not related to rain, you can and should add more than 13 fasts. And so we see there's a difference of opinion between Rebbe and Rabbi Shimon Gamliel. Rebbe says the reason for not going beyond 13 is because it's too difficult for the community. And Rabbi Shimon Gamliel says the reason is because, it, it, because of the seasons. Um, and therefore, the Gemara suggests, Rabbi Ami says, I go according to Rebbe in this matter. The fact is that according to the Halakha, we pass that it's only for rain that you don't do more than 13, but for other reasons you may do more than 13. And that's why the Gemara says that he paskins, when Rabbi Ami made that psak, that we're not going to go more than 13, that was Migrame, he did that off his own bat. What does that mean he did it off his own bat? Rabbi Hananel. And we've spoken recently a lot about Rabbeinu Hananel, Rabbeinu Gershom, these two important bridges between the Babylonian period of the Geonim and then the, the, the next period in North Africa where Rabbeinu Hananel led, or Europe where Rabbeinu Gershom really initiated the whole movement and school of Rashi and later Rabbeinu Tam and all the Baalei Toswat, that whole European school. Uh, emanates from Rabbeinu Gershom. So these two people are enormously important for us, and fortunately in, in Masechet Tanit we have both of them. Rabbeinu Hananel says, Lo hitanot, He wasn't able to fast. It's for himself. He wasn't paskening for the community. He was just saying to Rabbi Yehuda Nesiyah, I'm not taking on these fasts. I can't fast any more than this. Um, 
and and in a sense that's very difficult because if he can't if he's unable to fast he's an onus and he doesn't have to fast you don't have to find the halakhic reason to discredit the fast altogether you just say i understand there's a fast for the community i'm unable to fast um rabbi Gershom says it's something somewhat different and says what does it mean he did it off his own bed he didn't paskin according to the halakha the halakha clearly is like rabbi yochan and his teacher the halakha clearly is like Rabbi Shimon ben Gamliel, that if it's not for drought, you can make as many fasts as you need. He made a psak, but it was not halakha, and we need to understand what does that mean? How can you paskin? How can you make a legal decision, a halakhic decision, and it's not halakha? Rashi says the, the most, the, the strangest thing of, of all, really, and, and he says um, not only that he wasn't able to fast, he, he just says, he didn't want to fast. So we have three three views. We have Rabbi Gershom who said what it means is that Rabbi Ami didn't paskin according to halacha. Rabbi Nuchananelu says what it means is he was unable to fast, so he applied it, the law to himself. And we have Rashi says he didn't want to fast, which is so strange. What does that mean? Rabbi Ami didn't want to fast, so he challenges Rabbi Yudanesir not, not to create the fast. Um, and we have to understand who Rabbi Ami is. Rabbi Ami is so great. Uh, and I bring in the notes, the Gemara from, from Gitin, where there's a really difficult case of a husband who sends a get in the hands of a shaliach, a messenger, an agent. The agent arrives at the home of the wife of the husband who sent the messenger. She's busy in the kitchen and her hands are full of dough. She's busy kneading the challah. Uh, and she says she can't take the get. So she says to the shaliach, you accept it on my behalf. In other words, my husband made you the shaliach. You've now delivered it to me. I'm now making you the shaliach to accept the get. And the question was, is this a proper get or isn't it? Has the get been accepted or not? And they send this difficult question to uh, to Rabbi Ami. And he says, um, no, this is, this is not a get. The woman is not divorced. The get has not been fulfilled. They send it to Rabbi Chia Bar Abba. That's the father of the person we have here. Rabbi Abba, Rabbi Chia Bar Abba. They send it to Rabbi Chiyabar Abba, and he says, We need time to consider this. They sent it back to him later, and he got irritated and said, Why are you sending it twice? Just as you don't know what to do, I also don't know what to do. And I bring this Gemara to demonstrate the difference in halachic personality between Rabbi Ami, who seems ready to take a position and to make a decision, and Rabbi Chiyabar Abba, who's much more cautious and isn't quite sure what to do in terms of an absolute decision. And we have these two types of halachic personalities often in different, in different forms. Um, uh, my friend, a poet in Jerusalem, who I've mentioned before, Rebetzik Lipschitz, wrote a wonderful article comparing the halachic styles of the Surida Esh, um, Rabbi Chia Weinberg and, um, and Rabbi Moshe Feinstein, showing how both were incredibly innovative and, and made amazing decisions. But whereas uh, Rabbi Chia Weinberg would always moderate his decisions and suggest you sort other opinions as well and don't take his opinion as the final one. Rabbi Moshe Feinstein was always ready to, to, to make his opinion the final one, to say this is the way it is. Uh, he had the, the, the breadth of shoulders to be able to do that. And we see, we see Rabbi Yami, we have that in the time of the Balitosus. Rabbi Nutam was like that. Um, the Ravio was like that. And sometimes they're criticized for going against the views of, of so many poskin that there's such clarity of psak that they're willing to do so. And so here we have Rabbi Ami, who's willing to do so, and in our Gemara too, he's willing to say, although Rabbi Yochanan, my own teacher, 
said that one should have more than, than 13 fasts if it's not about drought. And that's the view of Ramashim and Gamliel, and that's the Psach Halacha. For myself, I'm willing to paskin like Rebbe and to say that a, um, it's, it's enough to, that, that I'm not willing to take more than 13 fasts. The Rishash, argues, the Rishash is also such an important person. Uh, he lived in Vilna, 18th, 19th century, um, was a Talmud of the Chaya Odom, uh, so it's so a really part of our our canon, just part of our tradition, um, and he used to give a shir every morning after shul for two, for two hours, and and the, the notes of those shirim is the, are the hagot rashash, the notes of the rashash which we have at the back of our gemorahs, even until until today. The rashash built in a remarkable library of about six thousand svarim in Vilna. It was open to the public. It was used. The chazanish used to use it when he lived in Vilna. And he accessed a lot of the Rishash's writings there and a lot of his research he did there. Um, the Rishash's library was, was developed and grown by his son, Reb Matityahu Strassen, um, and reached um, tens of thousands of books by the time the, the Second World War came. The Nazis took the, the books, took the whole library, and created it and sent it to Frankfurt, where it was later discovered by the American liberators. And by that time, there were over 20,000 Sforium from the Rishash's library, uh, and, and there were millions of other Svarim taken from Jews all over the world. Interesting. Well, one wonders what the Nazis planned to do with them and why they took those books and kept them. Anyway, the Rishash says about Rashi, Perushol Khan Tamua. The way Rashi explains it, he had to say that Rabbi Ami just didn't want to fast. That was his problem. He just didn't want to fast. That is amazing. That's, so, that's such a question. It doesn't make sense, says the Rishash. But there are other places where that phrase is used. That same phrase of of he did it off his own bat. Rashi explains differently and more correctly. So the Rishash has a major problem with Rashi here. So let's understand what's really going on. What's really going on is a, a combination. If one understands Rabbi Nuchananel and Rabbi Nugershin, um, together with Rashi and Eritvo, which I'm going to show you now as well, one begins to get a sense of it. So what Rabbi Ami is saying is there is a principle that Rabbi Gamliel, that, that Rebbe expresses in the Brisa. The idea is Ein you don't put on too much uh, pressure onto the community by, by instituting fasts after fasts. And although we don't pask in that way, that element, that concept in halacha is a real concept, that you don't put too much pressure onto the community. And for that reason, there is, there is good reason not to add more than 13 fasts in things that, even in things that are not related to rain and to drought and to the agriculture. There's still good reason. And I understand, says Rabbi Ami, that that's not what the halacha is for the tzibur, that I don't want to fast. And why don't I want to fast? If you remember, we learned in on Daf Yud Aleph when Shmuel said that, that a person who fasts is, is, a, is a chote, is a sinner, and we learned the piece of, of Mishnah Bura, uh, who brought the from the Balei Musa that Nikra chote al chalish kochotav. He's called a sinner because he's weakening himself, and the result of that can be that one isn't able to learn properly and do one's avodat Hashem properly, and therefore he said there are other ways. To, to discipline oneself and do tshuva, and he brought the Vilna Gon that said to watch one's mouth, what one says, what one speaks about, to eat a little bit less, to, to go after things physical a little bit less than one might want to. There are other ways to dial down your, your pursuit of physical pleasure. 
than, than fasting all the time. Fasting is not the best thing. So it's quite possible that Ravi Ami is saying, I, I've got a lot to do. I've got to learn. I've got to teach. I've got to lead the community. I can't do that with these constant fasts. And, so, and I have who to rely on. We have Rebbe in the Brisa. And although that's not the general halacha, in my case, there's an exceptional situation where I'm going to apply it. And that's what Psak Halacha is. There's one set of halacha, which is the general halacha for the whole community. But there's another halacha where one actually solves an individual's problem, a human problem one solves, using halachic, halachic innovation. Um, and that's what Rabbi Ami is doing here. Uh, Rabbi Moshe Feinstein told me once that his role as a posek is to help solve human suffering caused by a clash with halakha, that the halakha requires something of an individual that makes life very difficult for him. And Rabbi Moshe Feinstein then says, my role as a posek is to find a way through this. And Rabbi Ami is saying, I and maybe many others are not in a position to take these endless fasts. And there's good reason not to do that. There's good halakhic reason. And in fact, Rabbi Yudin Nisiyah, I don't think you should institute these fasts altogether. And that aligns very well with the Ritvo, where the Ritvo explains the statement of Ligrame Hudova, that he did this by himself. Shitat atzmohi, this is his own innovative reasoning. Usvara and his own logic. Velo shitat Rabbi Yochanan Rabo. And he's not simply quoting the view of Rabbi Yochanan and his Rebbe. Although his Rebbe said differently, he's willing to say, Halakha is dynamic, it develops, it's got to apply to individuals in all situations. And although my Rebbe made a general comment that you can fast more than 13 times for something that isn't tied to the, to the weather issues, um, in my case, and perhaps in the case of other individuals, any Roth says, Rashi says, I don't want to take this fast on, and I've, for good reason. And I've got who to rely on. I've got I've got Rebbe and, and the concept of En Matrichini Yotemidai, and that's the decision that I'm going to make. Very important from a from a leadership and a perspective, and even in business, to understand the value of minority views. That even if you're going to make a decision according to the majority of people in a particular meeting or on a particular committee, and you're going to make a majority decision. Always probe the minority views because there's wisdom in the minority view. You want to understand their reasoning. You want to understand what they're thinking. And you might be able to apply their principles, even though in this particular instance, you don't go in that particular way. It's the same in halakha, to understand the minority views, even if we're going to paskin like the majority, uh, because of the wisdom that lies in the minority as well. Always listen carefully and elicit the views of the quiet, silent minority, because even though that might not be the uh, the decisive opinion, it's certainly an opinion that might hold within it vast reservoirs of, of wisdom.